Thank you for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoy it. If you're enjoying Pirate Living Podcasts and all the content we bring to you each week, you can support us and buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash pirate living. Other ways you can show your support as well, subscribe and follow Pirate Living Podcast, rate and review our show, and share this podcast with your friends. You can find us on Instagram at Pirate Living Podcast to keep up with the latest episodes, awesome guests, and bonus clips. Pop in and say hi. We love chatting with fellow pirates. You can also reach out to us uh, to learn more about our individual and group coaching programs. And as usual, keep creating good trouble. And now on to today's episode. Welcome to Pirate Living Podcast. We are your hosts, Karan and Kristen. On this podcast, we are highlighting ordinary people living extraordinary lives. These are pirates who take small, bold actions daily to create social change. Pirate life is all about rebelling and breaking the rules for good. Creating lasting social change starts by first breaking our inner rules. After all, the hardest rules to break are your own. The pirates we highlight have dedicated themselves to creating good trouble. Today we are talking with Anna Rossiter. Anna serves free thinkers who want to distance themselves from the harm of social conditioning and take responsibility for themselves, their actions, and their choices. Anna is blazing her own path through the seas of life, taking command of her own ship and keeping her loved ones safe. She is disrupting industries to uncover the lies they tell society, and and she is being a guide for others to follow their inner compass and live a life of pain-free abundance. And Anna, thank you for talking with us today. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Mm-hmm. We So yeah, you, you've been leading your pirate charge against industries and you're helping others start their own pirate lives. Yet you first had to overcome your own obstacles to begin your own pirate journey. So we'd love for you to tell us a tale of how you got started, which led you to where you are today. Well, interestingly, it's kind of a two-part story. Um, My pirate journey actually began way back when I was in grade two in public school. Uh, The first time that I asked a question and the teacher said, because I said so, I had a problem with that answer. From a very young age, I understood that I was not getting the quality information that I was seeking from those in a position of leadership. And I think my father would say I became a contrarian. (laughs) to quote him about it. Uh, So I never really took the path most traveled. I uh, finished high school at 17. I came from a family of teachers. They wanted me to obviously go to university. I said, I'm going to pass on more education for now. And I decided that I was better served to just go see what the world had to offer. I still did not follow a proper path. (laughs) I talked myself into every job I ever had. I was never qualified for any of them, but I always bought them. And then I would in turn kind of turn, turn what I was supposed to be doing on its ear because I didn't tend to agree with the path that was laid out in front of me. So I raised my children to be fearless, to, you know, listen to themselves and their own intuition, as opposed to constantly taking the advice of their teachers or what have you. And then four years ago or so, I was in a terrible car accident. And the fallout from that really impacted my whole life. I have always been a very confident, strong-willed person, and the accident changed me mentally. I couldn't understand what was happening in my own brain anymore. I became anxious and isolated and and tearful and depressed even. Um, And I had no idea how to be that person. So, of course, I went to my doctor for help. And what did they do? They wrote me prescription after prescription with side effects on top of side effects. And I just got worse and worse and worse. So one day I literally woke up and said, this is absurd and I'm not doing it anymore. And I went down every rabbit hole you could find to try and find a way to heal myself. So I also suffered with fibromyalgia for 20 years. So I was on all sorts of medicine for that. And came the medicines to cure the anxiety and the depression and all that sort of thing. And then I just realized I was toxic soup on the inside and none of it was helping. So I flushed my meds down the toilet. And like I said, I went on a journey to try and find ways to heal myself. The things I've learned completely changed my life. And now I like to do my best to try and point out that there are other paths to take 
to take responsibility for your own health and well-being, and you do not need to rely on the system or on the toxic meds to get you to a place of balance. Then back in, so my real fun pirate journey began in January. So for 20 years, I have been a Red Seal journeywoman sheet metal mechanic. I install HVAC systems in high-rise condo buildings, and I'm excellent at my job. In January, I spoke out repeatedly against brutally unsafe conditions at my workplace. I wrote a poem, which I'm a poet. I, that's how I like to commune my messages is with poetry. So I wrote a poem about the conditions of building in my, in my entire province, to be honest. I wasn't pointing fingers at where I actually work. I was trying to point out that the standards of construction in Ontario are negligent at best and that somebody should start paying attention to it. Well, that little video caused all sorts of trouble. <laughs> all sorts of trouble, uh, which did affect a lot of really great change because our site got cleaned up in a hurry. And then I was summarily dismissed from my place of work. Um, you know, I'm making too much noise. I am calling too much attention to the problems. Get rid of her. So they did. And my employer did not back me up. My union did not back me up. So I decided to take my message to social media. And I began with a heavy foot to call out industry, all kinds of them. Anybody who is lying to the masses and should be brought to bear for the things that they're saying. So this is where I am at now, causing trouble every day. <laughs> uh, but not trouble, telling truth. But we live in a society that doesn't prefer, doesn't prefer that, right? In a place where the commodity or where truth is a rare commodity, you're not enjoyed if you bring that to the table too much. So, but I'm not one to be quiet. Mm -hmm. It didn't stop me at all. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's so much in, in that to like talk about and to unpack, which I'm sure we will, but I will start with saying like, um, of course, I checked out like your TikTok, um, where you have like quite a, you know, quite a big following on there. And of, of course, I saw the video um, and, and others. Um, so first of all, as a ex, now ex uh, health and safety professional, um, it, it was really interesting. I wasn't in the construction industry. I was in a different industry for, for health and safety. But um, it was really interesting to see um the difference in kind of the uh, safety standards like the shit that would never fly on um on the sites that i worked at and i worked on a lot of like oil and gas and rail um mm -hmm. and uh so heavily regulated under health and safety that i was like wow the, the shit that construction can get away with is pretty crazy that seems like a really easy job as a health and safety professional outright <laughs> um, criminal in, in honesty, where I live, it is, it has reached criminal, tr criminal proportions here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no even, I think you had said on one of the, and this is just total, like, we'll go a little industry rabbit hole before we like dive into all the rest. But um, I, I think you had even said on the video, that there's no like health and safety meetings. Um, there was no, I'm like, what the hell, man, we have to do those every day, never mind every week. And then the big one every month and all of these things, all of these standards that are in place. So it, it seems, uh, as an ex health and safety professional, your video was a little mind, mind blowing for me. So I wanted to say that, um, the other thing I just want to ask quickly before we touch on all of the other stuff. I mean, you mentioned that you're a poet and, um, you know, most of your TikToks are written like in poems. Uh, which which was really cool, and I was wondering, like, what made you decide to to do that for like your social media posts? Well, so I, in all honesty, my, I think in rhymes. That is just the way my brain works, and it always has. I have written poetry since I was old enough to put pen on paper, and in all honesty, I think it's my way of journaling. Mm -hmm. When I I like to take ginormous subjects and break them down into a one minute sound bite, the rhyme tends to keep people interested longer. Mm -hmm. um, and it's been very well received. I mean, I didn't do it on purpose, that's just my way. I oftentimes when I'm just speaking, it falls out in rhyme, it's really quite silly. 
Um, and suppose that's from a childhood of listening to the great songwriters, Bobby Bear, Shel Silverstein, Roger Miller, Tom T. Hall. This is who I grew up on. Mm-hmm. And I think the love of rhyme came from the love of music. And then I just find it a very poignant way to be able to get my point across in short order. Mm-hmm. If I just sat and spoke about this stuff, like most people do, I don't think I would be able to keep the audience engaged um, so I like to I like to hone in and try and really deliver strong points in a very small amount of time in the hopes that it will spark conversation, mm-hmm. which has definitely been working. Yeah, absolutely. It's been it's been tremendous. When I first started on social media, actually, it was kind of funny. I was quitting social media. <laughs> I called my daughter one day and I said, "I'm I'm done. I'm finished with Facebook. I'm finished with Instagram. I'm not doing this anymore. I cannot stand." The rhetoric that is being poured into this platform every day. It just it makes me sick to my stomach. I'm not doing it. So my daughter said, well, mom, you should try TikTok. I said, well, what is TikTok? She said, oh, it's short videos. I said, have you ever seen me watch a video on the internet? <laughs> she <laughs> said, no, but you could make them. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, what am I going to make a video about? I'm not dancing or doing any of these things. She said, mommy, share your poems. So I said, oh, okay, I'll try that. And then honestly, it just, it, it, it developed a life of its own mm-hmm. and um, and my despair at what I thought was happening to the world around me changed on social media because suddenly here was this humongous group of people agreeing or sharing their, their ideas on the same subjects that I was talking about. And it, and it reaffirmed my, my spirit. I was really feeling that we were not going to be able to get out of this mess. And social media brought me back to believing that maybe we will, that there's a lot more people out there like us than I thought, mm-hmm. which of course is their game, right? Keep us isolated, keep us feeling alone. So we don't have support. So we think that we're doing it by ourselves. Nothing could be further from the truth. Mm-hmm. Right. And that I think is an important salient point that everybody should know. You're not alone. There mm-hmm. are all kinds of us pirates out here fighting for a better way for all of us. And the more we have conversations like this, the more the masses have the opportunity to know that they too are not alone. So mm-hmm. again, I applaud what you're doing because I think it's very, very important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, thank you. And mm-hmm. um, I think TikTok is versus the other like social media platforms is really good at, at that, at like um, showing you the uh, community around what you think, what you feels important based off of like obviously the algorithm their algorithm is like so spot on um Mm -hmm. and really uh helping you like you said to not feel alone so i mean my tiktok is like dogs so obviously (laughs) but also like a lot of social justice um uh a lot of like independent news um -hmm. which i find i really appreciate and it's just it's the way that you're able to like curate that um, that for you page um, to be very um, like almost tailored um, mm-hmm. is really interesting versus like the other platforms I find. Um, I actually, could, uh, sorry. No, go ahead. <laughs> I saw a video actually this week of a, a woman who was talking about. Uh, she didn't believe that there is an algorithm on TikTok. She said that you're the algorithm, mm. which I found a very interesting statement to make. Uh, however, I'm not sure that I disagree because it seems fairly obvious if you're if you're part of it that they do know what it is you're looking to see. Yeah, um, mm. and I appreciate that. I think. Yeah, and it feels very <laughs> different. Like uh, Instagram. Shows me a bunch of shit I don't really care about, but their ads are spot on. <laughs> like I think about something and it shows up on mm-hmm. Instagram. So I feel it's very different in what the like Instagram of Facebook, what they what they use their like algorithms for. It feels very much like I'm being sold to, whereas the actual like content that are not people that I follow, things that mm-hmm. suggest as I follow, I'm like. I'm actually not interested in that. Thank you. <laughs> I so totally agree with you. Yeah. Interestingly, there was a headline on the news in Ontario this week that said that Meta or Meta mm-hmm. is has a team ready to block the news when Bill C-18 passes mm-hmm. in Canada. 
Mm-hmm. So they're saying it right out loud, right in the mainstream media, and still nobody is doing a damn thing about it. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many more petitions I can sign and send. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how else, you know, the, the people like us are supposed to get past some of these atrocities that they are trying to, to force down our throats. Mm-hmm. But can you imagine having nothing but government-sponsored media on your newsfeed? Yeah. <sighs> mm-hmm. I mean, that is... I don't even have the right words for what I think about that. Yeah. It is. And, and not to go down the like social media rabbit hole, but isn't that why like the U S is trying to get rid of TikTok? I mean, they mm-hmm. try and say it's because like, Oh, cause Chinese government, like, no, no, China has your information. Facebook sold it to them. Like, mm-hmm. let's get it clear. Like we all know meta sold your data a long time ago. Um, exactly. But the, the way that, um, that information is shared on TikTok, which is a very like grassroots um, form of like getting that information out and not the government sponsored. That's what I, I'm fully believe that that's what they don't want you to see. I could not agree more. I've written a couple <laughs> poems about it because it's ridiculous and I don't understand how you can't see this. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it's absolutely absurd, but without censorship, which TikTok doesn't have in comparison to Meta, Mm-hmm. They can't control the message that we're getting. Yeah. So interestingly, I've never, I've been very cautious about putting my poems on Facebook and Instagram because I was quite sure they would just instantly be removed. Mm-hmm. Right? Maybe not um, removed, but no one would see them. So the, the exact opposite has yeah. happened and I'm not yeah. sure how or why. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I kind of keep my fingers crossed because I'm sure that bubble will eventually burst. <laughs> um but I mean, my Instagram has gone, I think, honest to goodness, like 40 days ago, I think I had 129 followers on Instagram. Mm-hmm. I think today I have 64,000. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it's Amazing. all just, again, from the poems. Mm-hmm. Right? But people, they want to talk about this stuff, even if, and I think they just sometimes people need that one voice to lead the charge, mm-hmm. you know, to say, hey, she's talking about it. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about this too. Mm-hmm. You know, and so those conversations, it's those little, those little bold actions, like you like to say, that are going to be the tidal wave of, of change. Yeah. It's when we all band together and recognize, and I've, I don't know how many more times I can say this, but there are more of us than there are of them. <laughs> <laughs> Why we sit around, you know, and, and wait for the other shoe to drop. It's just, I don't, and mm-hmm. I, and I will not, because to me, it's, well, a line came out during COVID that I say quite often. And I said, it has become very obvious to me that we can live on the same planet, but exist in completely different realities. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's something to wrap your head around. Like, whoever thought that as humans sharing this planet, there would be such division in mm-hmm. the reality of our life. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty heady thing to talk about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, talking about social media and your videos too, for Instagram, uh, the one that we were sent um, from our friend Laurel Erica was you talking about how like Burt's Bees, you you buy it because you think you're doing something better for yourself, but really, would you still buy it if you knew that a bigger company is behind it? And so I think um, things like that too, a lot of people are interested in learning about and knowing about and because- I I've seen a a map like there's a basic seven to 10 companies that own everything, even the little tiny companies that you think. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's funny. I get some people like to push back and say, oh, just because a company got bought out doesn't mean that their product went to shit. I'm like, yes, it freaking does. <laughs> Do you not understand how business works? Of course it does. When the only thing a business is interested in is the amount of their profit. Please don't try and tell me that they're keeping up with great ingredients and, and, and all of the things that made the little company they bought special in the first place, Birds mm-hmm. Bees being a perfect example. Mm-hmm. And the fallout, when people found out that that's owned by Clorox, people were physically ill. Mm-hmm. I had messages that you couldn't believe the devastation of the people. And they're like, are you sure? And I'm like, well, sweetie, it's pretty easy to check. Mm-hmm. You don't have to take it from me. Look it up yourself. Do the Googles. You know? it's funny too i encourage people to take another search engine (laughs) (laughs) actually i had a i did a poem on um oh i think i was sharing a recipe to make uh homemade dish soap Mm. right because i i make almost everything in my house i don't i won't feed the machine 
Mm-hmm. Right? I won't give you, I truly believe in voting with my dollars mm-hmm. and I simply will not give my money to a company that hurts its people, hurts the earth or is trying to hurt me. Mm-hmm. So once you make that decision, you have to find other ways around all of the things that we normally do. So anyway, I shared a recipe about making dish soap. I'd run out of dish soap. I thought I had a spare. I didn't. So I said, I'll make some. And then I thought, I'll show people how easy it is. So one person pushed back and they said, oh, you know that if you combine vinegar and baking soda, they cancel each other out. The neat science experiment that children's do. And I, I know that, but there's also science. It's science. So there's math. There's amounts that it takes for this reaction to actually take place. So I Googled, do baking soda and vinegar cancel each other out? And the number one reply that came up, the woman had screenshotted it and pasted it into the comment. So her response to me was the number one response from Google. Mm-hmm. So she didn't even she didn't even have a point. She was just trying to push back for nothing. Mm-hmm. So I responded and I said, I see that you chose the first response on Google. Perhaps next time you might want to dig a little bit deeper because it actually requires seven grams of baking soda inside 110 milliliters of vinegar for them to cancel each other out. Mm-hmm. And she got angry. Yeah. Oh, and I'm like, I was just trying to point out that you're saying things you don't understand and you might want to just reel it in a pinch, mm-hmm. get a little tiny bit more info before you come blazing in, you know. But people, this is the thing. Everybody wants to be right. And I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Who cares? <laughs> Who cares if anybody else thinks you're right? I heard a long time ago, somebody said to me, would you rather be right or happy? <laughs> and I sat with that for a long time. And at the end of it, it was simple for me. I'm good with happy. Because mm-hmm. honest to goodness, I don't really care if you think I'm right. Mm-hmm. If I believe I'm right, I don't need validation from anybody else to feel good about my decision. Mm-hmm. So I find a lot of people just exist to be right all the time. And that keeps them from learning a damn thing. Everybody's a genius. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that you can be right. I've heard it. You can be right or you can be in love. Um, uh, and uh, for relationship wise, too, it's like, oh, yeah, I can I can be right in this argument or I can choose to acknowledge that there is more than one truth. <laughs> there you go. Right. There's my it, truth it's, and there's yours. <laughs> right. And, and the battling of, of being right. It's the, the very idea of competition mm-hmm. is absurd. On its face, it is absurd to compete with another human being mm-hmm. because they are not identical to you, right? It would be like saying, you know, you there's an old, I remember seeing a cartoon one time and I think it was a, a bunch of animals, jungle animals in a row. And then there was a couple of teachers at a desk and a tree. And mm, yeah. it was something like whoever can get to the tree first is the smartest mm-hmm. in the group. But the, the giraffe, he was already at tree level. So all he had to do was turn his head. That made him the smartest guy in the room? I think not. Right? Um, but this constant need to compare, and not only to compare, but to be the same. To be the same as everybody else. Oh, I, that causes me physical pain. <laughs> Are we just going to be a, a society of drones? Is that, is that what's coming next? Mm-hmm. You know, there's no... Not no. Of course, there's plenty of us who still think. But I, I find it, frankly, offensive. The amount of people who are so willing to just accept what they're being told with no investigation or research on their part. Just, oh, you said it? Oh, it must be true. Okay, I'm going to do that right now. Mm-hmm. I'm incapable of living a life like that. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to prove why first. And if you can't, there's no chance I'm going to do it. I really don't do myself any favors, but that's okay. You got to draw your line somewhere, Mm -hmm. right? And so I just try to maintain the integrity of the things that I believe, or at least I'm learning about, you know, I change my mind all the time as I learn more information. You know, that's another funny thing. People dig in. Well, there's no growth there. Mm-hmm. If you're not interested in hearing someone else's side of the story, how do you expect to expand your own knowledge base? Mm-hmm. You know, 
Yeah, it's I interesting. We talk a lot about making mistakes uh, or um, or failing forward, mm-hmm. or and it goes the same with like being wrong once in a while, or like you said, learning and growing and changing your mind about things. Like it's okay; it's called growth. We precisely <laughs> we encourage it. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, there's a meme I like that says, um, "Oh, you've changed." And then the next slide says, yeah, I'm supposed to, mm-hmm. right? And, and, and then there's a lot of promise in that idea that I think people, they give up on it before they have a chance to realize just what else could be coming next for them. Mm-hmm. You know, I have 25-year-old twin children and watching them navigate this world, um, you know, from what they're supposed to do and what they're told to do what they choose to do and the authenticity with which they make those choices um, fills me with pride on a daily basis, Mm. you know? And I know a lot of their friends say to them, how can you make it? Like my son, for an example, my son is living in Berlin. He uh, he's an adventuresome spirit. He left, left home literally the day after he graduated from university or from high school Mm -hmm. with his backpack and his guitar (laughs) And he busked his way through 32 countries, um, joined a band, traveled the world. He was home during COVID, which was nice for his mom. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the minute he could leave, he was gone again. And so he ended up getting a job. He's a musician. So he ended up being hired by a company. But he wasn't looking for a job. It fell in his lap. So he took it. And he did it for about a year. And he's been promoted four or five times. And they say to him each time, oh, well, we're going to promote you, but we're going to need you to work eight hours. And he says, no, I'm sorry. I have five hours available to give you. (laughs) That's what you can have from me because that is what I am offering. Mm -hmm. And so they acquiesced and he only ever worked the five hours, did things Mm -hmm. completely on his own terms. And then he called me a couple of weeks ago. I said, mom, I got news. And I said, what's that? He says, I'm going to quit my job. (laughs) And I said, oh, tell me about that. He says, it's sucking the life from my soul and I don't want to do it anymore. Mm. said, I saved six months worth of living expenses. I'm good. I'm going back to playing music full time. And I couldn't have been more proud of him. Mm-hmm. This is the kind of choices everyone should be making for themselves. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't feel good, don't do it. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, the fact, it's what did you actually say? simple. What did you say? He's 25. Yeah. The yeah. fact mm-hmm. that he learned that and it took me until I was like 40. Four, three, four. Well, of course, it matters a lot who your your support is. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I had I was lucky enough to have a father who questioned everything. Mm-hmm. I remember I think the first time he told me about subliminal advertising, I was probably three. Mm-hmm. So I've listened to him pick apart the things that we see in front of us my whole entire life. So it's not hard for me to pick up that torch and keep going mm-hmm. because I've been looking at it always. Mm-hmm. Now, when you're a full blown grown up and the blinders come off, that's a whole nother experience for people. Mm-hmm. And it can be beautifully liberating, but can also be absolutely terrifying. Mm-hmm. You know, people think enlightenment is all rainbows and unicorns and it is <laughs> opposite of that it is the scorching burning tearing down of everything you've ever believed so that you can rebuild it properly and some mm-hmm. people don't have the stomach for that yeah mm-hmm. i mean we Which talk a lot yeah we talk mm-hmm. a lot about the fact that like chris and i have left our our day job our corporate jobs and pursuing you know the things that we want to do um and i don't think we've ever sugarcoated it that it's fucking hard I cried writing my letter of resignation. I was like, (laughs) I spent, I had to have a coaching call just to get to the point where I was like, I'm writing this letter. And then I cried writing the letter. And then I still took multiple days to hand it to my boss. And even though she was fully supportive of me um, Mm -hmm. making my own choice. (laughs) So, yeah. Well, when we've been told Mm -hmm. since birth, this is how you do it if you want to be successful. This is the path you follow. You do your 40 hours a week. You do it for 40 years. You get your gold watch. You get your little pension, blah, blah, blah. That is what we've all been told forever. So to break apart from something that has been ingrained in you since your first breath mm-hmm. requires oh, a level of 
confidence and courageousness that a lot of people simply they just can't get there. It's too big to turn your back on the establishment and go your own way. Mm-hmm. So kudos to you, mm-hmm. because I, I think it's a beautifully liberating choice. And I think more people are making it by the day, mm-hmm. right? As they see the, the, I like to say, pulling back the, the curtains of our fear-based world mm-hmm. so that you can see what's on the other side, mm-hmm. right? And there's and a little more light, Sean, on that truth every day. Yeah. There, and there's a Steve Jobs quote that we used to talk about a lot more often, but I'd rather mm-hmm. be a pirate than join the Navy. And like where <laughs> pirates started off was they were doing the same job as the privateers, but the privateers were doing it for the English government. And they're like, I'm not doing that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go off and on my own and make my own money and do it my own Love way. Mm-hmm. So yeah, being being more pirate, being a pirate in general is like taking that charge and saying, I, yeah, I want to break free of the corporate world. I want to find out my own path and Mm -hmm. what rings true to me. Absolutely. Uh, My father always used to say, be an engine, not a caboose. Mm. (laughs) Same basic concept though, of being a pirate, right? Either lead the charge or be part of the followers. Mm -hmm. I've, I've never been good at the following. I've tried. I even tried again recently as an adult. I tried to join a a networking group. Mm -hmm. I couldn't do it. Mm -hmm. I couldn't do it. Following someone else's idea of how I should behave or or show up. I just, I can only follow my own. Mm -hmm. I can't be, I I just, I really struggle with it. (laughs) Even the times when I'm supposed to join, I I'm just no good at joining. <laughs> and maybe it's because I feel, I don't know. I, I think I have, I do have natural leader instincts. I, I always have. So maybe that is part of why I find it hard to be following. I, should, I you know what? I could probably follow great if what you were saying was on board all the time, but <laughs> how can that be? Which is why you shouldn't follow anybody but yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. Because how much of myself do I have to give up to tune into your message and get on board Mm -hmm. with your train so that I don't say the wrong thing? I just Mm -hmm. can't. I am not good at it. I say the wrong thing all the time and I'm (laughs) super happy to do it. (laughs) I I change my mind constantly. Like I I probably one year ago, if I were to go back and listen to the things where I was like so sure on, I now would look at it and be like I don't I don't even agree with myself from a year ago um and for somebody to take what I say as like word and (laughs) this is this is truth and this is what we're going on I'm like please don't because I won't follow that probably two weeks from now I might not even be following it I totally agree and I often say to people um you know this is a place I've given you a place to start your own research Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. You should never believe what people say outright. And I've, I said to people, even me, just because I'm good at saying it doesn't mean you should believe what I say, but it gives you a place to go and start your own research. See mm-hmm. if there's something to it. You know, mm-hmm. I, I had a, a lady comment on one of my posts recently and she said, I may not agree with everything you say, but I really, really like who you are. Mm-hmm. And I responded and I, I think it was a little rhyme. And I think I said something like, um, Ours is not to always agree, but to discuss so we can see things differently. Mm-hmm. Right. And this goes back to the being right all the time. I have an interest in being right. I do have an interest in learning and growing and evolving and becoming the very best version of myself I can be. Mm-hmm. But that only happens by getting out of your comfort zone and doing things that make you terribly uncomfortable mm-hmm. to find out what they're made of and who you really are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Um, we we talk about this um, a number of times on this podcast. Part of why we love doing this is to have these deeper conversations so you can actually get um, opinions and and, and viewpoints of other people Mm -hmm. um, because that's how you also expand your own mind and your own knowledge is by like having other viewpoints that you can sit down and calmly discuss. This is not, you know... Again, going back to social media, not the weird social media (laughs) thing where God forbid someone doesn't agree with you on there. Um, But, you know, that's the value of these long form conversations that we get to meet 
people like you that, um, you know, even though we're both in Canada, those that don't know, Canada's a big country and we live on opposite <laughs> sides. So we would never cross paths, nope. you know, um, and we would never be able to have this, these conversations otherwise. So mm-hmm. this is, you know, part of that value of having um, podcasts and platforms that we can have these conversations. And again, Absolutely. social media where I can actually see your videos and get to know someone like you through those videos and your viewpoints and hear your lovely poems. And uh, I don't know, there's there's a lot of good that comes from, uh, you know, just having conversations and listening, actually listening to other people. And that's a very good point because listening really is the key part of all of this. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, some, I, I, I was out recently with a, with a lady and at one point during our, our meeting, she said, it is so wonderful to talk to someone who actually listens. And I was like, what is that supposed to mean? <laughs> and she said, oh, when people talk to me these days, they're talking at me. Mm-hmm. Or they're waiting to respond. They listen to respond. They're not mm-hmm. hearing the conversation. They twig on the first sentence and then they're busy formulating their response and they've lost paying attention to anything else that you were saying. Well, that's not conversation, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And I said to her, I said, perhaps that's why it's called the art of conversation because it isn't easy necessarily. If you're all about being in charge and having the floor, well, that's, that's not a good conversationalist because you never give the other person the time to, to get a word in edgewise. And it's not a conversation if only one person's doing all the talking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a monologue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think the world has enough of monologue. We, we do, for sure. As somebody who's been quiet in um, much of my life and listening to other people, yes. Um, <laughs> people used to ask me too, like, why, why I wouldn't why I didn't talk much and say you don't even stop long enough for me to say what I wanted to say like I had something I could have inputted but you kept talking and that went by 10 minutes ago (laughs) so yes as somebody who's spent many years listening and less time talking (laughs) like uh, it's it's better to be in a conversation where people actually pause or let you have like say something instead of continuing to talk and be like nope gotta keep going because then I'm right (laughs) (laughs) it's funny we've had some episodes that we kind of joke about where uh, with two guests in particular where it was an hour and a half of them just (laughs) talking which is fine Mm -hmm. and you know obviously we're here to um uh amplify other people's voices and get their stories told but we kind of we kind of joke about the fact that it was just an hour and a half of, of them. And I don't think we were even on those podcasts. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Takes all kinds of kinds, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Love it. Mm-hmm. So what is the work that you're doing now? Well, that's a, that's a big question. So many things have been falling in, in front of me since I uh, lost my job in January. Um, so I haven't really, I haven't really um, picked, picked my thing yet. Um, I really enjoy helping. I'm a healer. I enjoy helping people understand what has burdened them and helping to unburden them. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Um, however, that's a taxing, a taxing uh, thing to do on a daily basis. Um, if I could pick just one thing to do that could pay me and, and I could do it for the rest of my life, honestly, I would just write poetry and put it into books and sell books. And that would make me happy. If I never set foot on social media again, I'd be super cool with that. Uh, I'll be honest, it's a little tough for me. Um, I did, I dislike being beholden to the algorithm. It pisses me off, right? <laughs> Not allowed to take a day because I'll get bumped to the bottom of the oh, food chain, right? right? I, I can't, and I can't live like that because it goes against my sensibilities. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I have the people who are saying, oh, but look how look what you've accomplished. You've got all this following. Well, and it's lovely, but it doesn't really matter to me. I love to have the conversations. I love to educate. Do I want to spend a life showing up every day on social media? I really don't. I really don't. So 
I have to find my place and I, I'm not in a rush. So I think I'm going to go teach some CPR classes because I enjoy people and mm-hmm. I'm a good teacher and I have a lot to share. Um, I would love to go speaking in high schools um, and teaching young people about a life in the trades because mm-hmm. I think that's a very under talked about side mm-hmm. of, of, of life. Um, and, you know, not everybody is meant to sit in front of a computer inside of a room in a chair eight hours a day for the rest of their lives. I could never do that work. So I had to go find other things to do. And I mean, when I started still today, there's very few women in construction still. Mm-hmm. But for 20 years, I was the only woman. <laughs> there was no other woman on the job site. Not that it mattered. I didn't go to work looking like a girl. You know what I mean? Like if mm-hmm. I'm at work, you didn't know. I was just a worker. Um, so I love the idea of bringing, especially young women, into the trades. Mm-hmm. However, my experience with what we're expected to do, uh, my experience with the lack of support from my union makes me wonder if it's disingenuous of me to stand up and say, come and work in the trades. Life is great here because it's not what it used to be. You know, the protection of the union, it doesn't exist. They didn't help me at all. What do I pay you for? What did you do for me? They didn't do anything. You took me for a two and a half hour meeting and said, well, I, f- I feel like you really took us to school here, Anna. Mm-hmm. Give me a break. Are you pretending you didn't know any of this stuff? Mm-hmm. How am I supposed to believe any of that? So there's lots of things I would like to do. Eventually, I have to make money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? So <laughs> thankfully, that's not my uh, end all be all reason for existence. Um, so it does take a back seat to I would rather be happy. Mm-hmm. I have enough. Right? And again, my husband and I are fortunate. We're the same. We're not stuff people. Mm-hmm. We're people who like to be happy. Mm-hmm. So we spend our money on our yard mm-hmm. because we spend our life in our yard. You know, uh, I have a small television. I have an old phone. I just, I don't care about that sort of thing. So yes, I need money, but I don't need a lot mm-hmm. in comparison to my old life. You know, like when my husband and I both worked full time, when I lost my job to my accident, we went from half a million dollars or a quarter million dollars a year to only $125,000 a year. Mm-hmm. Well, some people could not exist at that level of loss. Mm-hmm. I found a way to adjust. Now the thought of working for the sole point of money is I can't even fathom it mm-hmm. to be totally honest. I will do whatever I have to do, but it will be what I enjoy or I won't do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But I recognize it's not necessarily, you know, the, the, the responsible path to be taken. But I just believe there's a hundred ways to skin the cat, mm-hmm. so to speak. Right. And uh, and it's funny, too. I actually got offered. So one of my poems was caught by some politicians in the city where I live in. And I had two politicians reached out and asked me to go out for coffee. I was after that construction video. And so I, I did. And they asked me if I would consider running for mayor of Oakville. Mm. <laughs> and I said, well, I said two things. I said, first of all, you do not know me well enough to be asking me that question. Mm-hmm. Do your homework. That was foolish. <laughs> second of all, I said, I, there's no possible way that I would ever do that job. And they were like, oh, why? You'd be so great at it. And I said, oh, but there's one big problem with being mayor. And they said, what's that? And I said, I don't work evenings and weekends. <laughs> they got angry. Oh, and I said, no, no, I'm very serious. Mm-hmm. I have never worked an eight hour day in my life. I'm not about to start working tens and twelves mm-hmm. because more things matter to me than that. Mm-hmm. Right. And they thought I was just, oh, how could you pass up such an opportunity? I was like, well, perhaps to you, it's an opportunity. Mm-hmm. To me, it sounds more like a burden. Mm-hmm. Right. I said, I would love to find me a candidate that I can back up and I'll help you change the face of politics in Oakville in three years. No problem. But I don't want to be the mayor because Mm -hmm. I have a life that I enjoy Mm -hmm. and I wouldn't be able to enjoy it if I took that job. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. So people think I'm crazy, like straight up. It's it's really quite amusing. Um, How can you pass that up? It's such an amazing opportunity. But more will come. Mm -hmm. More opportunities will come. I'm not afraid, which I think is a special feeling in this world. 
if you can genuinely say that you're not fearful mm-hmm. of of tomorrow or whatever, right? I have faith. Mm-hmm. I have faith in something far bigger than the silly people who are trying to commandeer our sanity down here on earth. Well, it's right? also important to like know your values and know mm-hmm. your boundaries, right? And that just sounds like you know those things about yourself and that that uh, even though it is an opportunity did was not in alignment with your values and, and the boundaries that you set for your work, work and life. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I think, um, you know, we've talked about like values and stuff on this, this um, podcast before, but like, I don't necessarily think that many people have sat down and really considered what their values are um, for their life um, and like actually written them down and, um, or to use, you know, the, the more pirate lingo, have their pirate code, right? Mm-hmm. And you want to live by, you, you, you write this pirate code and it doesn't mean that it's not dynamic and that things will change, but, um, you know, it helps you to make those decisions when you already have your pirate code and your values and those boundaries written and, and understood, because if you're unclear on those things, then that's, I find often when you um, take roles or so-called opportunities that uh, are not in alignment with, with you, you. (laughs) I would agree a hundred percent. Everybody, that's your homework. <laughs> Sit down. <laughs> You're gonna write down your values. Think uh, about what those are. Write your pirate code. We have a guidebook. We have a guidebook. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm definitely and, gonna read that. Yeah, and figure your shit out, and yeah. then you'll stop hopefully taking on things that aren't in alignment. Mm-hmm. So I've been dabbling in affiliate marketing mm-hmm. as I've you know trying to do stuff since I lost my job, and which is an interesting journey for me because a, I, I don't sell and I won't sell. And I just, I've been offered more money than you could imagine to sell stuff for people. And I just always say no, because the only thing I'm truly confident in selling is myself. Mm-hmm. And I, the world has enough salespeople. I just, I'm not interested, but the affiliate marketing side, that's sharing, right? If I use a product and I like it, I can share about it. Mm-hmm. And I feel a little more comfortable with that. Um, but I turn down 10 times more offers than I accept. Mm-hmm. And again, my, my people are like, oh my goodness, that's such a super opportunity. How could you say no? I'm like, well, but they're asking me to sell something that I would never use. Mm-hmm. I'm not selling my integrity down the river for five bucks, people. Mm-hmm. Or a million bucks for that matter. Somebody said, oh, let's see what, they, what you're saying when they offer you a cushy job with a huge salary. And I said, yeah, well, you don't know me well, because mm-hmm. that wouldn't make a difference. Mm-hmm. I'll tell them to take their, their salary and shove it where the sun don't shine, because that didn't change anything. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the biggest problems we face in society is that this trick of money, right? This trick of you need all this money to be happy. And without all this wealth, you're, you're nothing, right? You haven't succeeded. You're not part of the upper echelon, however you want to say it. I think it's a trick. I think it's complete and utter freaking bullshit, to be totally honest. Um, but to watch people think they've struck it rich when they take the bribe, right? Like they were at a good place trying to do a good thing. But then the person above them came and said, listen, I need you to turn your head. Mm-hmm. And for that, I'm going to give you this amount of money. When I think about what that must do to a person's soul mm-hmm. and the fact they probably never sleep again right? They probably can't look their kids or their wives in their eyes the same again. They probably can't look in the mirror the same again, but they're convinced that they have to take the money because that's the right thing to do for their family, for their future. Mm-hmm. You know, honestly, do we stand a chance mm-hmm. in this crap? I mean, if your self-love and self-worth isn't so friggin' solid, then it's very easy to be swayed by the idea of wealth or or fame, or whatever it is that people want. Mm-hmm. I don't, I, I don't mm-hmm. personally understand it, so mm-hmm. it's, I struggle with it. But I do easily see how it happens. Mm-hmm. And then I think it's a trickle-down effect, right? If the guy at the top is dirty, well, he doesn't have a choice but to make every person underneath him dirty. Mm-hmm. That's the only way the plan can work, 
right? So I, I really think there's a slippery, slippery slope in the world when it comes to people's idea of money and the power that it has over their lives. Um, but again, that's a personal thing, right? You need to come to terms with what money means to you, I suppose. Because mm -hmm. at the end of the day, it's a means to an end. It's not a destination. It's not a guarantee of happiness. It's, 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 it's nothing but a means to an end. Mm -hmm. So if your ends are minuscule, well, then so is your need for a whole bunch of money, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Right? But I mean, I watch young people taking on million dollar mortgages at the age of 27. Did no one explain to you how money works? <laughs> <laughs> and so that just makes me think of, you know, our education system mm -hmm. makes me upset. Mm -hmm. I don't understand why we continually allow the same erroneous information to be spewed day in, day out in every school in North America. Mm -hmm. Why are we doing this to our kids? I truly don't get it. Where are the parents? Where are, where are the parents standing up and saying, I will not subject my child to whatever this is. Mm -hmm. I've said to my, my own kids, I'm like, your children will never, ever set foot in a public school. I will homeschool them myself if that's mm -hmm. what it comes down to. But the insanity that I see in our school system now, I wouldn't, thankfully it wasn't that bad when, when my children were young. I think it's very, very different in the last, well, two years even since the whole COVID mm -hmm. thing, things have changed. To the point that I, I'm, I'm loath to even say the word education along with what's happening in school. Mm. You're not getting an education. You're getting indoctrinated, but you're not getting an education you can use with real life skills that are helping you develop into a productive member of society. That mm -hmm. is not happening in my opinion. And I think that's gross. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're talking Christians like, yeah. <laughs> oh, <right on. laughs> yeah. I, uh, was a teacher like I went to school for teaching um didn't actually end up teaching in school I substitute taught for a few years and I was a tutor um with a company for a few years and I worked in childcare, and then I quit and so now um <laughs> now I'm working I finally came up with an adult way of saying I'm babysitting which is I'm doing in um individual child care for families but <laughs> <Love it. laughs> but yeah like what along with values, what I've learned along the way is um, my energy, if I'm working in individually with these families, is limited to how many hours I can provide a week and be at my best. But also, I will only work with families that are of the mindset that their child knows things about themselves and they treat kids like they're humans. So if I come into a house and they want me to show up a certain way and act a certain way that goes against what I know of child development or goes against even what's best for the child themselves, I it's not where I want to be because like... I've, I've watched children have their personalities blossoming at a year old. And um, even when I was working in childcare, I was like, these one-year-olds, when you allow them to be one-year-olds and like fully explore the world around them and allow them independence while guided adult being, being there as well, they blossom and they flourish in the world versus being like, this is what you have to do. And I'm going to treat you like a baby. You don't know anything. I'm going to do everything for you. Um, so yeah, <laughs> knowing, being able to watch um, and listen to, to kids as it's like, oh, you're a human. I'm going to treat you like a human. I'm going to listen to you. I'm going to see what you can teach me. It's, yeah, it's so such a better world, in my opinion, to be in. <laughs> I, I, absolutely I work with agree. a three-year-old who, who is hilarious. He's cracking me up daily. <laughs> so. You know, there's a reason, I think it was uh, Laurel uh, talked about the, the reason why they say out of the mouths of babes, mm -hmm. right? It's because they have an inherent understanding of things that hasn't been stolen from them by mm -hmm. society yet. So the things that they articulate are so close to the truth, but no one listens. Because they're just a child and they don't know what they're talking about. And, you know, they're, they're, that's, a, that's a crime in and of itself, too. I think one of the grossest things we do as a society is to steal a child's spark by forcing them to sit in a freaking chair in an artificially lit room with closed windows and rhetoric poured down their throats from the age of four. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just gross. What are we doing to our kids? Mm-hmm. It makes me very sad. Mm-hmm. But the unlearning, and I, I hear that word coming out, you know, in a lot of um, like homeschooling groups and people mm-hmm. who are talking yeah. about this very thing, right? That they recognize they don't want their children to be part of this establishment anymore. And so I think that we're going to see as the future comes more and more. Emergency <laughs> alert. Oh, dear. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure what that was, but gross. Sorry, something <laughs> happened. Something happened in Ontario and it's emergency. <laughs> Hopefully nothing bad. I apologize for that. Obscene no, all good. Um, but yeah, so the other thing that I, I think is uh, literally just a travesty is the way that we treat children who have, you know, the, the labels they use. So we got mm-hmm. your ADD or ADHD, autism spectrum, all of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there's a very enormous disconnect between what we do and what should be being done with these kids. Mm-hmm. Why do we try so hard? Why can't we try and understand them? Why can't mm-hmm. we meet them where they are? Why can't we allow those special skills they possess to blossom? Mm-hmm. As opposed to medicate them, sit them down, shut them up, stick them in the corner, tell them they're sick, tell them they need to change, tell them they're not mm-hmm. good enough the way they are. It, it hurts my heart. I, it really does. And, I, and the, it just grows and grows, right? The numbers of kids with these conditions now compared to 30 years ago is, well, there's something going on here and nobody's talking about that, mm-hmm. right? How did we get to this place? Yeah this is an important conversation and people don't want to have it because then they have to take responsibility for the part they play. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that. that's a topic I could go down because <laughs> I've seen, <laughs> I've seen a few different sides to it, but um, like I've seen parents getting their kids diagnosed so that they can benefit from it. But I also, I worked with five-year-olds and I had a, a dad one time ask me at parent teacher conferences. He's like, do you think my kid has ADHD? And I looked at him. I said, I think your child is five. Um, <laughs> he's like, oh, I'm concerned because I I was diagnosed with ADHD. And I was like, well, first of all, like I'm teaching your kid kindergarten level skills before he's in kindergarten. So I also want you to keep in mind if he goes into kindergarten and they're saying he's antsy, he's moving around because you, number one, you have a smart kid. And number two, I'm teaching the smart kid materials he's going to learn next year. I want you to question the teacher. I don't want you to just go with, he has ADHD. I want you to start asking questions like, is he bored or are there other things we can do with for him? And I had that conversation with a few parents because I was like, listen, if you go into, if they go into kindergarten and your the teacher starts trying to say, Hey, I think they have ADHD or there's something going on. They're, they're ahead of a lot of kids in their class right now because of what they've been learning please start asking questions and hopefully some of them listen to me. (laughs) Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. And so that just takes us into like big pharma's reach Mm -hmm. and just how insidious that problem is across every level of society in, in all of North America. I'm not sure. I don't think that it's as bad elsewhere in the world. Just from the comments I get from people, I know they don't advertise their drugs on TV in the rest of the world, the way that we do in North America. Mm-hmm. There's no other culture on the planet where people go into their doctor's office and tell them what pill they want. Mm-hmm. How messed up is that? Right? And then, mm-hmm. and, and so now I, I see that as just this, this ginormous circle, a huge cycle that you're never getting out of unless you decide to disengage, mm-hmm. you know? So it was one thing for you know, your 80-year-old parents to be on 10 meds. Mm-hmm. But when your five-year-old is on all kinds of meds because they don't want to sit still and be quiet, because right. it goes against what? Human nature? Mm-hmm. Oh, my. <laughs> There's just so many problems inside of that stuff, you know? Yeah. I've started marking, like if I'm on Facebook and I see a pharmaceutical ad, I've started marking it as lies. <laughs> like, nice. I, I'll go yeah. and be like, I don't want to see this anymore. And it gives you a list of reasons why. And I'm like, because it's, they're lies. It's spreading lies. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I can share a quick story if, if you'd like about that. So I, I work with uh, microcurrent therapy. 
Mm-hmm. So I, I help people. I do facials. I do wound healing, scar healing, all sorts of different things with this machine because it's energy work, right? And I believe in, in that sort of thing. So anyway, I had a client come to me and she said, oh, she was having a terrible allergic reaction in her eyes. And she said, I can't drive my car. I can't see. Could you come to my house and help me? So I said, sure. So I went over and I did a little assessment and, and asked her a few questions and whatever. I gave her a little treatment and she was very down in the dumps when I got there, like speaking like this, you know, like really hurting. So I spent about an hour with her. And then when it was time to go, I was at the front door getting on my shoes and she was chatting. And I said, I don't know whether or not you've noticed, but you are a completely different person than you were when I walked in this door. And she went to say something and her husband was in the back and he said, oh, I noticed. I noticed. Can you keep helping my wife? Right. I was like, well, of course. So she came the next week and we went through a, a big assessment. And I said, so she's been diagnosed as being allergic and she's been taking an allergy medicine every day for 15 years. Okay. I do an assessment and I said, I would like you to go back to your doctor and get an allergy test. I said, have you ever been tested for allergies? She said, no. I said, I'd like you to go and get an allergy test because I'm pretty sure you're not allergic to a thing. She said, oh, but I've been taking this medicine every day for 15 years. I have to be allergic to something. And I said, well, let's find out. So she went to the doctor and she came back a week later and she said, you're not going to believe this, but I'm not allergic to a thing. And I said, no, I know that. And so now I'd like you to think about the damage that that pill has been doing to your system for 15 years while you pollute your body with something that it didn't need. So then I said, let's get to the root. We got to find out what is causing this reaction that everybody thinks is allergies is coming from somewhere. Let's get to the root of the problem. The long and short, this poor woman was only going to the bathroom three times a week. So all of that backup in her system, the toxicity of not getting rid of your waste, fooled the doctors, right? They were going to send her for surgery to remove the discoloration from her skin. I, I have fixed her in a week. If there was nothing wrong with her, that a good bowel movement wasn't going to fix. And this to me is, is the, the terrible, terrible state of medicine and wellness. If they don't care what's actually wrong with you, they're glorified drug dealers as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. I have very little use anymore for, I mean, I don't mean to be dis- or, you know, unkind to, to the medical profession, because of course they serve a purpose. Specialists, surgeons, yes, we need those. But I'm not entirely sure that just, you know, drugging people up over the telephone without even looking in their eyes is a, any good for anybody. Mm-hmm. That's funny. As a nutrition coach, the amount of people, which is probably like 95%, that one of the first things we do is increase the fiber so they poop more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you got to do it every day. <laughs> and the people that don't know that. Yeah. Like, where was health class? So mm-hmm. your education really worked for you, didn't it? Mm-hmm. Right? Like if we're grownups and we're not aware of our body systems, mm-hmm. how did that happen? Mm-hmm. But, you, but you educated me? Thank you. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I use my algebra and my trigonometry every damn day of my life. <laughs> I calculate when I'm going to go to the bathroom. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, so where can our listeners go to find out more about you and what you're up to and your your poems? So my handle across all social media is Answers with Anna. Uh, so that if you type that into any search engine, it will you'll get my Facebook, my Instagram, my TikTok. Uh, my website is called Anna'sEnergy.com. And that's where I run my natural wellness consulting business. Um, again, I lead a charge to get people off their meds. Mm -hmm. I will help you find natural ways to fix what is wrong with you. Let's get to the root of the problem. Mm -hmm. Let's find natural ways to get you feeling like yourself so we can get you off this horrible cycle of Mm -hmm. pills, pain, depression, side effects. You know, we know that it's a really slippery slope. Um, so energy.com is my website and answers with Anna is my, uh, I have my own hashtag on TikTok. It's answers with Anna. And I think it has like uh, something absurd, like 3 point more, 3.4 million views mm-hmm. on my, on my hashtag, which I find just honestly mm-hmm. hilarious. <laughs> I really do. Mm-hmm. Um, but having answers, there's a world full of people who have questions. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm not afraid. I, I wrote a poem the other day that said, I'm not afraid to be the Grinch and say the things that make people cringe. Mm-hmm. Because if you're not, or if you can't discuss the truth, then you have no say in what happens to you. Mm-hmm. Right? So I encourage people to ask me the questions they're afraid to ask elsewhere, right? Or they're mm-hmm. afraid they'll sound silly or their doctor will laugh or their husband will laugh or whatever. I'll take your question. Mm-hmm. I might not have the answer, but certainly we can start a discussion. Certainly I can try and point you in the right direction to go find out for yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone said to me the other day, I don't understand why you're giving all this stuff away for free. You should be charging money for all of this information. You give everything away for free. And I said, well, that's, that's true. From where I stand, trying to teach the world to fish, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> That's how I look at my mission. I'm just trying to teach the world to fish. If I do it for you, nothing changed. Mm-hmm. If I can teach you how to do it for yourself, everything changes, right? Mm-hmm. So that's my little mission. <laughs> <laughs> and what... So yeah, what advice do you have for our listeners to start their own pirate journey? Well, I think the most accurate piece of advice that I I give to anyone is to trust yourself. If that little voice inside of your head is telling you it's a bad idea, for heaven's sakes, listen to it. That's your intuition talking. It's never wrong. That feeling you get in your gut right before you do something you don't want to do is telling you it isn't serving your soul or your purpose to do it so start listening to your gut start trusting your intuition stop following the rules just because somebody put them there Mm -hmm. right half of the rules in our life are so freaking arbitrary it's obscene (laughs) right i am not good with rules rules are fine if you can show me why it's a good idea (laughs) but if you're just gonna slap up all willy-nilly shit that i should do and then tell me i should do it and give me no basis for that i am not doing it and I wish more people would push back on the silliness of our rules. No. How about no? How about people learn to say the word no? <laughs> As <laughs> someone the most uh, underused word in the English yeah, language yeah. is no. Yeah. As someone that listens to a lot of true crime, uh, I agree. Follow your intuition. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right? It's a good plan across all, all parts of life. Mm-hmm. Yes. I also like the saying, learn the rules so you can break the rules. Ah, beautiful. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. (laughs) Or invent your own. I'm perfectly good with inventing my own rules too. Or changing them by the day. Mm -hmm. Right? I mean, if they could make arbitrary, why can't I? (laughs) Right? Give as good as you get, I say. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Well, this has been really great having a conversation with you. And we was, yeah, thank you for joining us on the podcast today. With my absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for inviting me. I had a wonderful time. Thank you for listening to this episode of Pirate Living Podcast. We really enjoyed our conversation with today's guests and hope you enjoyed it too. If you are enjoying Pirate Living Podcast and all the content we bring to you each week, One way you can support us is to buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash pirate living. Other ways you can show your support as well, subscribe and follow Pirate Living Podcast, rate and review our show, and share this podcast with your friends. You can find us on Instagram at Pirate Living Podcast to keep up with the latest episodes, awesome guests, and bonus clips. Pop in and say hi. We love chatting with fellow pirates. You can also reach out to us uh, to learn more about our individual and group coaching programs. Ask her on about her online nutrition programs and in-person programs she's creating for teens. For the little pirates in your life, check out my, Kristen's, Abracadabra books and my wins journal on Amazon. And check out Language Ninjas on Instagram. You can also check out our pirate merch at our online pirate shop or on TeePublic. The links to these are in the show notes to check there. And as usual, keep creating good trouble.